global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Stocks climbed with the S&P 500 capping a third straight quarterly advance. Policymakers signaled further steps to buffer the impact of Britain's decision to leave the European Union. The Dow Industrial Average rose 235 points, 1.3%, to close out the session at 17,929. S&P 500 up 28 points, 1.4% to 2,098. NASDAQ added 63 points, 1.3% and closed at 48.42. West Texas Intermediate crude oil down $1.50 a barrel. That's a loss of 3% at 48.39. Spot gold down $1.50 an ounce at 13.2540. And the 10-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 1.47%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. As the technology wave continues to sweep across Africa, we're very happy to welcome back to the show Jake Bright. He is uh, joining us. He's co-author of the award-winning book, The Next Africa. He's a contributor at TechCrunch and The New Yorker, and he is constantly writing and speaking on business, politics, and foreign affairs. But, of course, for the last few years, Africa has been his focus. So, Jake, welcome back. Great to be back. Well, uh, the race for e-commerce in Africa, you broke a couple of stories this week. One of them is about uh, eBay. What's going on? Yeah, story at TechCrunch. eBay is expanding in Africa through a partnership with an African startup called MallForAfrica.com, which basically what Mall for Africa does is takes all the headaches that uh, American retailers face when they try to enter an African market with logistics, with payments, etc., and it has a platform that makes that all easy for them. So eBay is going to be able to sell. American eBay vendors will now be able to sell to African clients, um, starting in Nigeria and Ghana and Kenya through Mall for Africa's platform. Mall for Africa will do logistics payments and marketing and will eventually expand that further and will eventually open up the platform uh, to allow Africans to sell stuff into the U.S. Africans to sell stuff into the U.S. Wow. What kind of stuff will they sell? Well, what you have going on is you start to get into the, the value proposition of African commerce. And really, when you break it down, you have an upside and a downside. The upside is that Africa's consumer markets are really starting to define themselves. By McKinsey stats, they're expected to spend around a billion, uh, one trillion four by 2020. 75 billion of that is expected to be online. So that's the upside. The downside is that most of uh, Africa's consumer markets are largely informal, meaning completely off the grid, barter, cash exchange. And many of the countries that um, have the most potential or these e-commerce startups like Mall for Africa or eBay want to go into, they lack a lot of the baseline infrastructure that e-commerce startups completely take for granted here in the U.S. And that includes, you know, low internet penetration, uh, third-party delivery systems, and also in some cases, you know, even electricity. So it's it's a huge uh, challenge and opportunity, and that happens in every market. But in Africa, the the contrast and the starkness between the challenges and the opportunities of tapping consumer markets are even greater than other places in the world. But a lot of Africans have phones now. Well, that's part of the the shifting horizon, right? So what you're getting into is you have some core economies um, that have really started to shape up and reform, uh, places like Nigeria, which is really Nigeria is kind of uh, the central point for this this e-commerce, you know, venture. 
And the reason why is Nigeria, for all of its challenges, has these dual distinctions that you can't get away from if you're a global uh, business. The, the first is that it became Africa's largest economy in 2014, surpassing South Africa. And the second is that it's Africa's largest population. Um, but the, you know, the, the challenge on that is that, again, you have low broadband penetration, uh, you have a lot of Africans actually have have phones. This is this is where you know the, the breakdown comes. Most Africans have phones now, but very few of them are smartphone or internet equipped. But you're now starting to see that shift happen, where large percentages of Africans are going to start moving to smartphones and being connected. And these are all the things that these e-commerce startups um, like eBay and Mall for Africa are trying to tap uh, as they shift into Africa. Because another story you worked on was in New Yorker. Um Last quarter, Africa minted its first $1 billion startup unicorn, Jumia Group. Uh, yep. Big funding round, like three and a quarter million dollars. Goldman and others were in on it. How, how big of a milestone is that? What does this tell us? I mean, it's huge. If, you know, I was just thinking, you and I started talking about this, you know, emerging African business narrative several years ago here on Bloomberg. And when we started, we would never have imagined. It was, it was just starting to even define that there was economic growth that there were markets that were going to start attracting, you know, Western companies more. But if we would have said to ourselves then, um, you know, in several years, you're going to have a real tech scene. You're going to have Goldman included in a funding round for Africa's first startup unicorn. I don't think we would have believed it back then. So these are huge uh, movements for the continent. And, of course, there's a lot of expectation. And now these companies like Jumia, um, which is now Africa's first billion-dollar uh, startup has to actually demonstrate that it can generate revenue and profit. It's generated, it's, it's demonstrated it can generate revenue, but of course, like all e-commerce startups, the big one is actually going from in the red to in the black. So, uh, the, uh, this whole, this, this bigger question though of, uh, e-commerce and, and tech models and the growing tech ecosystem, where is that now in its evolution and where is it going? It's very nascent. Um, Africa has, as you say, this tech ecosystem that's really had a tremendous amount of growth just in the last five years. And one of the things uh, co-author Aubrey Ruby and I did in our book was try to break down what is this emerging African tech ecosystem. So some of the building blocks are there's a lot of innovation hubs, uh, around 200 that have started to sprout up across the continent. You have a startup boom in Africa right now, um, similar to the U.S. in late 90s. It's a huge informal economic space, and you have a lot of entrepreneurs, many of whom, and I think we've had some on, on the air here, many of whom are dropping out of advanced economy uh, gigs to go back and, and found startups for everything, to tackle just about every commercial opportunity you can have. So startups are a big part of it. You're starting to see a growing amount of investment. Uh, Aubrey and I uh, did a study where we captured, I think, between 2012 and 2018, real and expected a billion dollars in VC investment going in to Africa's ecosystem, uh, tech ecosystem. And the final thing is you're starting to see um, places where African governments are starting to build out ICT infrastructure and take a real commitment to building some kind of uh, an environment where tech can thrive. All right, Jake Bright, thank you so much for joining us. Opportunities, investment opportunities in tech in Africa. He's co-author of the award-winning book, The Next Africa. I'm Kathleen Hayes. This is Taking Stock, and this is Bloomberg.
Coming up, Bloomberg Law brought to you by Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Seeing what others have seen, but uncovering what others may not. Global research that helps you harness disruption. Put a top global research firm five years running, Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Finner & Smith, Incorporated.